the way we hold Joe Biden accountable right now is by taking every single congressperson who's up in 2022 and letting them know that we're coming after their asses and we're going to yep. primary them if Joe Biden doesn't keep his promises. of the internet welcome to the bituation room podcast live we have a better nightmare on our hands and that's all i wanted you guys remember chin chin can't wait for this new clown show i am not above celebrating thank you so much for being here this has been such a crazy week i think i just gave the last of my energy and now i will power down and go to sleep forever. Um, I am so tired. I'm sure you guys are all so tired. If you're not tired from waiting for four days for the election results and all the hot takes on Twitter and all the bad takes on Twitter and uh, just, just the endless noise. I mean, I really, really wanted to just like chemtrail everyone to sleep for that moment and then just wake us all up when it's over. Just you know, wake me up before you go, go Trump. But here we are. He's out. He's gone. I mean, he's not technically gone there. He could still start a world war. Uh, but you know, he was voted out. Um, and we have just the best panel to discuss what is the future of this country with this new reality. Ben Dixon is here. Ida Rodriguez is here. Uh, you know them all from their work, from their individual work, from TYT, from whence I sometimes come. Um, but we're going to look at the way the right is reacting right now. Uh, look at the way the left is reacting. The Dems are reacting. Everyone's got their own version of history. And I think the reality is somewhere in the middle, but, um, we're going to dig into what all of this means. And we're also going to play in honor of the late, great Alex Trebek, RIP pouring one out. We're going to play a version of, and I don't really feel like this is the way to respect his legacy, but, but. I just felt like it was relevant. Um, we're going to play Trump Jeopardy, all right? How much do you know and remember about the Trump administration? How much are you trying to forget already about the Trump administration? Um, let We're going to play that, so stay with us. It's going to be fun. Um, but first of all, I also want to just thank everyone who has donated to this show. You know, we've been donating a portion of your tips, your tips which help this show that has no backing. My God, I would love for Third Love, the bra company, to like sponsor this because I really do like their bras. So if you're listening, I will hawk your bullshit all day long. Okay. Um, Republicans are probably already running ads on this podcast on YouTube. I apologize for those. I've got no hand in that. Um, but thank you to the people who've tipped us 20 bucks or more. You get a special shout out. Emmy Morton, Stephen Waddy, Keith. Kevin Reavers, even though I want to say Keanu Reeves, it's going to be Keanu Reeves. You are, that's, I don't care. I don't even care. Daniel Lee, Nicole Dupuy, Hannah Gibbons, Katrina Blackley, Justin Kuinga, Bri Bryant Mayer, and Tushara Kodikara. Thank you so much for donating. TBR Live on Venmo. We're donating a portion this week to Movement Voter Project, who's got a special fund for Georgia. As we all know, Georgia Senate seats 
still hang in the balance. That could still be the difference between flipping the Senate, donate to us. We will keep a portion for uh, all, all the work that we've done to, for this show and then donate a portion uh, to Movement Voter Project, who's been crushing it. And again, we'll get into this, but we all know who we can thank for this election. Um, I am just going to start off and say it's okay to celebrate. I'll just say it. It's okay to celebrate. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. I'm not going to bitch this week. In fact, I mean, I will. We're going to bitch, but I'm just going to say it's okay to celebrate. We should be celebrating. Enjoy. Just find a week. Find three days. Find a breath of relief. You owe it to yourself. We owe it to one another. We can come together. We can have a drink. We can enjoy this moment because the fascist will be gone soon. Um, it's his move, really. We hope he's going to be gone. Um, but again, this was a huge turnout, 65% of the electorate, which is not enough, but it was the biggest in history since like more than white landowning men could vote. Um, that is not nothing. 18 to 29 year olds did their damn thing. They came out in droves for Joe Biden. Um, Black Americans, overwhelmingly Joe Biden, Latinos and Asians as well, overwhelmingly came out for Joe Biden. Yeah, 70 million people still voted for Donald Trump. And we're going to talk about how fucking scary that is. And we know what we can do about that very stark reality and why that reality is there. But look, more people voted for Joe Biden. And, and that's what's important. His margins in in all the states we were watching, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, uh, Nevada, are up by um, a few thousand. The only squeaker really, again, is Georgia. And Biden is up 98% reporting. Um, it went blue. That is absolutely uh, part of the story. And I just want to shout out again the grassroots organizations that we all know made this happen. And, you know, in Georgia specifically, Fair Fight Action, by, which is Stacey Abrams' organization, um, New Georgia Voting, uh, New Georgia Project, Black Voters Matter, uh, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, all these organizations, and including in Nevada, where the Latino vote also overwhelmingly came out for for Biden and folks like Mijente. We've had uh, uh, Marissa Franco on the show before. Um, and then the other person who's who is thanking all those organizations uh, who sent out a tweet saying, I want to thank progressive organizations for their extraordinary efforts, helping make Biden's victory possible. Together, you built widespread support for Biden among young people, people of color and the working class. Congratulations. Let's keep going forward. Guess who that was? Yeah, it was uh, it was Bernie Sanders. It was the guy who every time someone who isn't Bernie Sanders wins. I get real emotional. I get sad as fuck, actually, because. I wish that we could be celebrating Bernie Sanders as president. And we will talk about, you know, whether that would have been even possible, what we think about the movement that Sanders absolutely built. But Sanders was the reason that Biden won. OK, um, he was the reason because he put all of his energy into the Biden campaign and did not waver and immediately said, this is what we got to do. And he helped. um activate the bases and the grassroots that had been pulling for him uh, to pull for Biden. So we can never forget that. Thank you, Tio Bernie, como siempre. And, uh, you know, we might not have gotten it there with you, but uh, I think his legacy absolutely lives on. 
but again, I can't help but being sad. F- fuck you. I don't have to be just like happy for Biden. No, I'm I'm still I, I got a little I got a little sad because we are going to need that energy. Um, joining us to really, really dig into this and get their thoughts. Um my two guests. So, 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 so happy to have them. Uh, she's an actor, comedian, and frequent commentator on The Young Turks. Her podcast, Truth Serum, streams live on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Fridays at 12 every Friday. Please welcome Ida Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm sad, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay to feel mixed emotions. I feel, um, listen, I'm sad and I have relief. Um, I have, we talked about this earlier today. Donald Trump being gone is a good thing, but it, it was the, the, the issues of people of color, black people in this country that we dealt with face on while Donald Trump was there, uh, was in our face constantly. And I just feel that with this liberal racism, um, Joe Biden trying to sweep this shit under the rug with the we are the world syndrome. I, it makes me a little nervous about us because, you know, there are, you know, what Malcolm X said, two types of uh, races, the ones that let you get uppity and not close and the ones that let you get close and not uppity. Right. And so, I'm, you know, I'm feeling I'm, I'm feeling like we have such a long way to go. Um, but I am very relieved that the Lannisters are gone, and I can't wait for, they get, for them to get their asses booted out of the White House. <laughs> yes. Dragged and hauled. That's a very, it's a reasonable feeling, Ida, of course. And thank you so much for being here. And <laughs> and uh, joining us as well, uh, a writer, progressive journalist, editor-in-chief of Progressive Army, as well as the host and creator of The Benjamin Dixon Show, everyone's new favorite show. Please welcome Ben Dixon. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, hi. You were just, cheers. (laughs) Cheers. You were just sitting there waiting for another stream to happen. I know. Uh, No, I was just, you know, I was so glad to see that you lifted your glass and I'm like, okay, I can, I can lift mine and drink during the show. And uh, because it's that time of year, like um, we, we have come through the hardest part of this and now we just have to let our livers recover from everything that we needed to survive it. So um, thank you for having me on. Salute. Oh my God. Salute. Thank you for being here. I swear. I mean, I don't, I'm a terrible weed smoker, meaning I don't smoke it enough. Oh, okay. Okay. In my book, (laughs) everyone should get high like five times a year, maybe like three to five times a year. And uh, I'm terrible at it. I date someone who's sober and I also just like, "Eh, it's just too much work. But this is the first time I'm like, I could light up and feel release, you know, just, just for a moment, just for a, just get an hour of so like, let, let me just ask you real quick. Did you, I want to clarify, did you say three or five times a year? You were I know <laughs> minimum, minimum. I mean a week, like if okay. you can roll with a week, like bless okay. you, like more, more power to you. I'm just, that's a lot for people who are like, no, I only, you know, they live in sort of a very um, yeah. workaholic. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes I'm just like, it's too much. Just fucking light it up. Calm down. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my God. You know when no one's ever been high in their lives, and you're like, <laughs> could you try? <laughs> could you just- I need you to get some practice in before you come smoke with me next time. That's what I need. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's important to give ourselves the right to party and then also like not come into this administration with rose colored glasses. Right. I think a lot of people are comparing this moment to when Obama won. I mean, we're not nearly the excitement, but, you know, we don't want necessarily the Obama legacy. Um, but I just want to get both of your top line reactions. Where were you on Tuesday night compared to now? Um, and what do you feel like the story is for you out of this election beyond what we know that it's, you know, it's Biden and Kamala, it's not enough, et cetera. But just sort of like within this smaller realm of thinking where, how, how have you been feeling, Ben? Um, so Tuesday night, I, I was grappling with the possibility that Donald Trump could win. And this deep seated fury and anger and hatred that I had at, uh, towards the Democratic Party in that moment with the very likely possibility on Tuesday that uh, Donald Trump could have won. Uh, when I woke up on Friday and Georgia was in play, I was like, okay, it was a little, you know, a little bit better for me. Um, or was it whatever, whatever morning it became evident that Georgia was in play. It's all a blur at this point. Uh, so I, I've, I've gone back and forth in terms of what I feel, but what I know now on this side of it is, is that I'm, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad we got rid of Donald Trump. And now we need to get rid of the Democratic establishment. Mm -hmm. Ida, one thing that was happening on Tuesday night was a big discussion because Florida results had come in about the Latino vote and mm -hmm. Trump winning uh, a bigger share of the Latino vote and uh, Latino voters being sort of all lumped into a very conservative mm -hmm. Cuban voter, um, Miami Cuban voter. And you have familiarity with that as someone who's from there. So what was your reaction to that discussion? And what are your thoughts on that? So, well, I mean, as all people of color in this country, we've always been um, presented as a monolith, right? So I think that the hardest part for people to understand in this country is the different needs uh, amongst Latinx uh, people within the the spectrum of Latinidad, whereas people from Cuba who have a very serious and deep concern about communism and socialism, who have political asylum and could care less about immigration, versus people from Central and South America who immigration is a big deal for them. And then Puerto Ricans who are America's bitch because we are, you know, we're a commonwealth and we're the stepchild, right? We belong right. to America. They get to say that we're American, but you know, when we're drowning in Hurricane Maria, they throw a bounty at us. So um, I think that when, when people talk about Latin people without acknowledging that we are a group that is not only made up of different countries, but cultures, races, identities, it's very hard to have a conversation because when people say the, the Latinos in Florida voted for Trump, no, very specifically, the Cubans voted for Donald Trump. People from Venezuela voted for Donald Trump. Those Puerto Ricans in Orlando, they voted for Biden because they remembered how Donald Trump treated our, our land, our, you know, the, our, our island during the hurricane. And, you know, it, it's pre predominantly a democratic country, which is why they don't want to make it a state because they know that, you know. So when I heard that, and, and let's not forget the Mexicans in Arizona who showed up and the First mm -hmm. Nations people, you know, like we we have these conversations and I mean, I don't know, we outnumbering everybody. So why we keep having conversations about us like we're the oddity? Can we start talking about white people like they are a monolith? I mean, you know what I mean? 
They get to tell us they're Irish and German and so are we, motherfucker. We know all the same. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, okay, so the initial, my initial reaction, of course, was, and I think we have a super chat from somebody, and thank you so much for that, who said, uh, Charles Lane, who was like, I can't believe this many people voted for Trump. And that was my first Tuesday. And sorry, Ben, you're getting, getting covered up there by that. Uh, Tuesday, I was like, wow, you know? And in the middle of a pandemic that he's so clearly messed up, mm. I I am like, I, I don't even know what, what is this? And, and my immediate thought was like, what if there wasn't the pandemic? Is it, did the pandemic help him? Did the pandemic hurt him? I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Was it, was it that people were like, well, Biden's going to lock our whole country up? Or was it, well, Trump's going to, Trump has been mishandling this? Or did it just kind of break even, I think I've been, that is the one question in my mind. I've been racking forwards and backwards and forwards about how the pandemic played into this. I don't know if you guys have been doing the same. I, go ahead. But I was just going to say that more, uh, more fans showed up to vote than constituents. Mm. And I think that that was our greater problem because a lot of the people who follow Donald Trump who for some odd reason want to identify with him as if, as they said, and clueless, he would spit on them if they were on fire because he's an elitist and he doesn't really fuck with poor people. <laughs> but you have a group of people out there and let's not forget the sexism that's a part of this. A bunch of white men who identify with this macho, that's what, with the Latinos as well. They're like, oh, he'll say it like it is. But he, there were just a bunch of fanatics that showed up to vote. The, the cult that we kept calling out, they showed up to vote. They don't care. They rather, they will bite their noses to spite their faces. They buy, they buy merch from their president. That's some bullshit. But Ida, that it's bigger than just a cult, though. 70 million people, I don't know. And I'm being totally unfair. I don't know if we can call that a cult. No, you know? no, it's called a sect. <laughs> when the numbers get really bigger. They're their own but, religion. <laughs> but uh, what I will say is this, is that we like to say, a lot of people in this country like to say that they are not racist because they have a lot of black friends and yeah. it's become very cliche. But there are a lot of people who don't give a shit about us and yeah. everything else was more important to them than our lives. Yeah. But what's funny, sorry, Ben, I just want to, and, and and yet it's like, yeah, but everything else still sucked. Like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Anyway, Ben, what, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I agree with both of you. I, I think their commitment, though, um, who was that? Adam Surer? I can never pronounce Adam's last name from the Atlantic uh, mm -hmm. when he wrote The Cruelty is the Point. Um, for so many of these people, the exact thing that um, we see as a problem in Donald Trump, they see as a virtue. What we see as a vice, we, they see as a virtue. Um, and then to go extend it even further, there are a lot of people. I mean, that's that's a lot of people committed to white supremacy. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people committed. I mean, they're committed to the death. Like they're going to these rallies. They estimated 700 people died because of the super spreader rallies that Donald Trump was having, 30,000 infected with COVID-19. Like, that's a hell of a lot of commitment. And so I think it is a combination, right? Or can we call them, can we say that it's all a cult? Um, I, I'm going to agree with Ida here. I'm going to say it's a sect, right? There, there's an entire movement of people here. I think there's a cult of personality at play. I think that there is white supremacy at play. I think that the uh, the sexism, um, the, the the macho um, uh, man that they it's funny they they really think that he's this tough guy and he's going out like like um, 
I, a like whiny a little bitch. Like, well, yeah, I, you know, and I don't even know to the extent that I could say the title of the show, right? I'm trying to not to get, get my head. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Donald Trump, Donald Trump really is going out um, like a child, um, like a spoiled, petulant child. And and if this is who they think is a real man, um, then, you know, that's the, the problem is that they're looking for that in the first place. So just take a look at everything that we stand against. This represents how many people who are willing to stand for that and to champion right. that. I agree. And I think it's going to come into play when we talk about sort of what the future of the Democrats is, because for me, I, I always say that, like, look, Trump might have his vision might be the same vision of like David Duke after David Duke hits, you know, mm -hmm. hits the pipe or whatever. But like but like that's a vision, nevertheless, like it might be a racist apartheid state but like at yeah. least he knows what he wants whereas democrats it's like we don't necessarily at least you know the leadership doesn't necessarily know what they want um and aren't clear with their audience about that um but before we get too far i want to just relish let's just relish come on um a lot of us were scared about the rights reaction i think i'm i think <laughs> we're still scared about how some yeah. of these extremist elements will be um called into action or to arms they're already armed but they were outside of polling places and um and and electoral election boards right in maricopa county i was watching i think one report on msnbc and the the reporter was like oh a boogaloo boy like he knew he was like oh you're a boogaloo boy huh okay anyway and he just kind of was like oh you know i'm gonna have to incorporate that into my my reality yeah. right now um just outside of uh, uh, an electoral board where they're counting votes um but others are having a, a let's be real, just a, a, a meltdown. Trump administration really should have taken a page out of Cheney's book. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They don't know how to steal this election. They can't steal the election. It's too, even though it's been, I think, too close from what we would consider, it is still definitively in Biden's corner. Um, so I just want to play you some of the ways that they tried this week to... <laughs> uh call fraud and take this thing back so first was um was they sent their two best guys on the job <laughs> eric trump <laughs> and giuliani all right here we go so we came here today we met with all our lawyers uh we are going to file suit in pennsylvania it's a shame that we have to do that it's the last thing that we wanted to do it's the last thing my father wanted to do but this is rampant corruption and it can't happen. It simply can't happen. It's not fair. This isn't democracy. And with that, I want to pass it off to the great Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> great. They're great. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, let me just tuck in my shirt real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ida, what does it say when you send Eric on the case? Like, <laughs> it says nobody else wanted to go. <laughs> they, were, they were like, it's you. I listen. I uh, I'm I'm one of the people that I'm not celebrating until they are out completely yeah. out. Right. I will say this: what a relief to go on Twitter and not see Donald Trump trending, mm. because for so long the mainstream media pumped him up so much. And, and let's be real: the, they were so responsible for him being elected, getting the getting the notoriety and the the publicity, yeah. and the, they. They pumped him up so much because he's so he's such a shit show to watch. Yeah. Um, but I just think that, you know, listen, first of all, I want to know how much they paid them people to hold up them signs behind them. Cause I know 
that NASA, is it union or what? It's not union. Not union. <laughs> I, I got yeah. I have a breakdown because they sent me one to actually Jenk and I talked about it. They were paying like twenty dollars an hour for me to say that I was a Latina for Trump. I actually am going to frame the breakdown, um, but and it is non-union. I listen. I just think that these people are so accustomed to privilege. They're so beyond that. They're so accustomed to the hustle because they're they're such a they're such a hustling family. Look how much they hustled America in the last four years. Like they right. ran like street game. And so when they send Eric, it's because it's done, bro. Like they they're just like you know what you go this time you go. Ivanka's like I'm not doing that anymore. That you know the Lincoln Project they got us. They're everybody's embarrassed. And Eric yeah. was like, let me go, Dad. I'm I'm gonna go. Why she gonna go? Don't <laughs> so you think it. he built it up as the moment he was gonna finally prove his worth? Like for four years, he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna save it. We've got these lawsuits. I remember there was one photo. I think you probably saw this uh, of one of the lawyers who they sent. And I don't know why <laughs> this guy looked like he was a Muppet baby dressed up as a lawyer. Like he had a big old hat, like way too big for his face, big glasses. And it was like, you look like you're 12. And <laughs> he's like, I'm, and he takes his selfie. He's like, I'm flying out to defend the Trump team. Anyway, it's like I said, man. Even Trump Bush, said, give me Doogie Hauser. No. Oh, he's a doctor. He's not a lawyer. <laughs> even even Bush picked Florida. Just pick a state, you know, do the shenanigans in one state. Yeah. Um, but I will say, OK, this is the this is the real thing. And I, not the real thing, but let's 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 just appreciate that the last press conference that was held <laughs> in the Trump administration's name uh, was held at the Four Seasons <laughs> Landscaping Company. And the story goes, uh, I apparently, and I've, uh, the New York Times has reported, but this is only as good a, as a source that the New York Times has, which is probably the Trump campaign. Um, the intention was always to have a press conference at the Four Seasons Landscaping Company in sort of the middle of random Philadelphia, like no. between a, what it was it, a crematorium and a, like a, a porn shop. Yeah. Like like a adult film shop, and that they were gonna have it there, and I had I was like how because Trump sends out a tweet we're gonna be at the Four Seasons, well he's wrong about that so he sends out a new tweet no 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 it's a Four Seasons landscaping company, <laughs> and I got a disagreement with Matt my boyfriend about this whether did they mess up and say. Like, did they mess up, right? Like, they someone booked it for the Four Seasons and randomly just Googled the Four Seasons and it happened to be this landscaping company. The dude on the phone was like, okay, we'll take your money, <laughs> and then did it. Or was did Trump tweet it and then they were like, oh, shit, the president just said Four Seasons. We got to book something that's the Four Seasons. And they oh. couldn't get the actual Four Seasons. Like, what happened there? And let me just play. I just want to, before I think of your answer, I'm going to ask you both, but I just want to play this one, this one little uh, clip from that press conference. Because they don't decide the election. The call for Joe Biden isn't, is it, who was it called by? All the, oh my goodness, all the networks. Wow. All the networks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. That 
is Rudy Giuliani, of course. Uh, what the fuck, Ben? What was this? Um, I, you know, this is this is uh, this is white male confidence going awry. Like this is this is this is when you have been so used to getting away with bullshit all of your life, and no one has ever called you on your bullshit. I mean, I think Rudy Giuliani actually thought that he was going to have some impact yesterday. It's that, and it's also not knowing when to get out of the game. So you mentioned Ivanka Trump. She absolutely is not going to show her face on anything her dad does again for the foreseeable future because she's smart. Uh, Don Jr., he probably was too high snorting a couple of lines yesterday to cope with it. So that's why he didn't go. Eric, you know, this was his only time to shine. So he got a tense and he took up the scraps. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, on the other hand, he has been riding with Donald Trump so long that he just doesn't know when to get out of the game. He's too, he's he's pot committed at this point. I, he's I also loved, very drunk all of the yes, time. Yes. But I love that. I love that question because I honestly don't know the answer to it, Francesca. It, is, is it is it did Donald Trump mess it up by saying we're going there or right. or did somebody Google it? I hope it's somebody Googling it, called them. And then there was somebody on the other side of the line at Four Seasons Landscaping who refused to tell him um, I'm sorry, but you must have the wrong four seasons. They did not tell them <laughs> that this was a landscaping company and not uh, the hotel. So whoever that was, I really want to believe that's what happened because they're the real MVP here. The, the four seasons tweet though was hilarious. Uh. They were like, uh. <laughs> they were like, uh. That looked like the epitome of this is how we started. This is how it's going. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so apparently they say they were always meant to have this press conference. Yes, they chose this particular landscaping company because they wanted to be in a more friendly neighborhood. I think this <laughs> was more of a white middle class, uh, working class neighborhood. I don't know. But let me just play you why they wanted to do this because they had another con conference in Philadelphia. They chose maybe the wrong spot. There was a DJ on site who oh, insisted yeah. on playing a lot of Beyonce, and here is Pam Bondi and Corey Lewandowski trying to get a word in. Hey, hey. <laughs> We're all for real, right? <laughs> each other that's why i love my people it is so good like yes of course with the actual audio you can hear what they're saying but still you hear beyonce in the background Corey gets on the mic and he's just bellowing so they didn't want a repeat of that so um four seasons landscaping company it looked like a scene from shameless it was like they were, i'm like y'all had a shipyard <laughs> My um, God, um, it's, it's so on the nose, right? Like, if you think about if you think about somebody writing the story of 2016 to 2020, I don't think we could get away with that in a writer's room to say, okay, so this is how yes. it's going to end. They're going to be so incompetent and so arrogant that they're going to think they're going to the Four Seasons, but they're going to end up at a pawn shop, not a pawn shop. It's a lot. Veep. <laughs> it is Veep. It's exactly. just exactly it's that extreme. Oh my God, I mean, obviously Corey Lewandowski, but this is. So I think this is, look, I, this seems like random dunking. It's not because this is very relevant to the future. Mm. Trump administration is dumb. It's full of <laughs> idiot flunk out fail sons who don't know how to get this done. I'm not referencing Cheney for no reason. Cheney and Bush were smart fascists. Okay. They started two plus wars. They're smart as hell. They got away with it. Pfft. 
Bush is like been resuscitated for all intents and purposes. Like they're fine. So this is the thing when it comes to the ball being back in the Democrats court, we know it's, I mean, if you can't win against these fools, you're the idiot, but how do we prevent a future fascist who is smart from taking control? Right. And we know that our, our, our Americans, this country is susceptible is ripe for a strong man because we don't get enough done in politics as usual. Right. Um, and so to that end, as I some, think someone in the comments mentioned, DSA candidates ar- across the country won Democratic Socialists of America. The candidates that they backed and came out for won. Every candidate who was for Medicare for all uh, in the House was reelected. And a lot of the incumbents who were elected in 2018 who did not endorse Medicare for all, for whatever reason, um, were not reelected. They didn't they lost their seat to Republicans. Nancy Pelosi has said um, she's not ready to blame the left, unlike other people in the DCCC. Um, she's not saying that it was uh, that it was um, the leftists or whatever, because actually the proof isn't there that it was left ideology that made the that that made the republic or made the Democrats lose their seats. People like John Kasich and other folks, um, John John Kasich, mind you, is a Republican, if we're forgetting, um, is saying that, yes, it is the progressive left language around Medicare for all, um, around Black Lives Matter that should be reined in. And that is why um, the Democrats lost those seats. I just want like reactions from you all. I mean, we could read AOC's timeline, but uh, <laughs> do you feel like the like where is the proof, uh, Ben, on on either side of that, and or is it somewhere in the middle? Well, uh, no, no, um, they're wrong, and I I think Nancy Pelosi, if she wasn't um, as sharp, like she she's a power player for a reason. She knows what time it is. She knows that she can't really afford to go up. See, Jim Clyburn is just overconfident. He he thinks he can run up against the left and actually survive it. Like this isn't this isn't 2008, my dude. Like you don't have as much. You have a, a powerful position, but you don't have the collective power that AOC has and the squad has and the organizations that are around them, the institutions that are around them, their fundraising capacity. Nancy Pelosi knows that. If she could get away with crush trying to crush us, she would. So I don't really look at her as being. A, a, a benevolent actor here or a good faith actor here. I think she's just being a power actor here and recognizing that AOC and that branch of the Democratic Party is on the ascendancy. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, and you know what, in terms of language, <clears throat> I mean, I know one of them said, well, we are never to use the word socialism again. Um, <laughs> yes. That was, you know, uh, it, we have to be honest about what we're dealing with, the dumbing down of America has been in play for a long time. Uh, people are broken and broke and they are emotionally triggered and driven. And so when we talk about how that impacted this election, I have never heard so many people saying they're trying to turn this place into Cuba and Venezuela. Sure, we've heard it before, but it was a talking point. That was the Benghazi of this election. Right. And I think that you know, when, when we're talking about what's progressive, it is that there's this anti-intellectual movement in this country where you are shunned because you are smug or intelligent, elitist, and all of that came into play. But 
a lot of people are in office because of those checks that they're getting. And I don't know why, you know, they keep talking about the people showing up. Uber and Lyft wrote legislation. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And it's just that infection that we've been dealing with and that those of us hate is real. And so when we have these conversations, are we going to shy away from keeping it 100, all the way 100 and say, well, let's just be real about how much money was pumped into these candidates that were able to win? Yeah. And I think that, look, that is exactly, that is so important, Ida, going forward, because it truly is who's funding your campaign, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Bernie... AOC, the squad, everyone who's rejected corporate donations and actually won has been proof that you don't need to pander to, you know, pharmaceutical companies, weapons manufacturers, whoever, you know, big tech. You don't need to pander to them to win. Right. You have to do a little bit more groundwork, but you don't need to, you know, you don't need to, like, actually sell out. And so the idea that they won't be able to fundraise if they sell out, if they don't sell out is bullshit. You can't stand on that anymore. In fact, it's a little bit of a, I think for most of us, right, who are seeing, oh, what candidate do we like? Let's see. Let's when it says does not have a super PAC, when, you know, does not take corporate donations. Um, that's a huge plus for us, even if we don't really know where they stand politically. That that I mean, and, and let's be let's keep it 100. That's why people like Donald Trump, because they stupidly thought he was a self-made man mm-hmm. who was funding his own campaign. Right. <laughs> you know, like they were like, oh, he he's not stealing our money to then or getting corporate donations to then run for office. It's like, right. you know, um, but let's see. I do want to read a couple things AOC said and get get your thoughts on that, because. She tweeted, she's been tweeting a lot, obviously, saying that no congressperson who endorsed Medicare for all lost their seat. Um, and then today in the New York Times said that the Democrats um, need to understand, my colleagues need to understand, quote, that we are not the enemy and that their base is not the enemy. And that is like, that's like sticking with me, right? Because you see a Republican party that is so willing to cater to every one of its bases, most ridiculous, um, like inclinations, most racist inclinations, the shit that they've sowed, right? They're reaping, literally reaping what they've sowed over 24 hour Fox news. And yet Democrats, every time the base gets something, every time we, we support a Bernie Sanders candidate, it's like, no state. Mm. Like, Oh, you have energy. We don't see, we don't want energy. We want to like, we want the opposite of energy, but we still want to win. <laughs> well, they want checks too. Mm, yeah, right. everybody has to get paid. Uh, one of the big things I think that's happening though, right, is is what you're seeing with AOC. Um, it's really what, I mean, she's, she's kind of like the unofficial leader at this moment of this wing of the Democratic Party. And I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I, I, she yeah. hasn't let me down yet. Um, and that said, there's a changing of the guard that's happening. And... I don't think it's based on how old you are, because Bernie Sanders is obviously the best uh, example of it. He's like a, a hundred years old. I yeah. love Bernie, but he he has the right mindset. He has the right policies. He has the right agenda. He is an outlier because if you look at Nancy Pelosi's, the Jim Clyburns, the Steny Hoyers, you look at their what they represent and the generation. The uh, I'm sorry, I got to throw Joe Biden in there. Yeah. Where they came from, what they represent, what they fought for in the '90s is completely antithetical to what 
our generation believes in. Right. Of course, we have a couple of fascists in our generation. That's kind of the reason Donald Trump has so many voters. Uh, so we still have some problems in our generation. But there's a changing of the guard happening on the Democratic side of the aisle. And I think that they're doing their very best to cling to power and they're trying to throw corporate money at it. And corporate money isn't sticking because not only do we have small grassroots dollars, we have small grassroots organizing and people right. power. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I think that, you know, I, I do believe that this younger generation is a generation of fighters and of people who have made a decision that what has been given to them is not enough. Um, and I, I like I said, you know, it's a hustle. The problem with the hustle on the on the left with the, the alleged Democrats is that they are they are hustle with no fight whereas those republicans are hustle and they'll fight to the death yes. you know they double down they they will they are in it to win it and it doesn't matter if the babies go out the window whereas <laughs> the democrats will uh, you know we have this this attitude of of morality that mm. is is false. It doesn't even exist because it's a it's a morality that only exists in the minds of these people who we know are negotiable and have been corrupt and have also been so toxic for the people of this country. Mm. So when we have these conversations and and you see those people, you look at them and you're like they're one in the same. They are one in the same. The only thing that's different is those of us over here who are really saying restore the power to the people. Yeah. But all of those people are they in it for the checks and their talking points may be different and they may say they are Democrats. But the truth of it is, is that they are they are all about the hustle, just like the other side. Yeah. yeah. They just don't have hands. <laughs> Yeah, they're just worth. I mean, and that's I think that's the thing with Bernie that even someone like Warren Buffett was I remember this quote where he was like, look, I don't believe I don't agree with Bernie, but um, you you have to say he really believes in his message. Yeah. And you can't say that about Pelosi. Um, mm -hmm. Schumer, I will say, um, had a had a he was interviewed by a non jihadist um Today in the New York Times, he was uh, who wrote an, an op-ed that was very good. Everyone should check that out. And he was basically Schumer. I think gets it a little bit more. It's just that Schumer next to Nancy Pelosi looks terrible. There's something about the two of them. It's like a it's like a howdy doody old you know like a like show at a hoedown you know where they're both made of wood. Anyway, <laughs> but but when but he was like, look, if we don't enact bold change, if we don't do that now. And he was like, explicitly, this is not about Obamacare change. We need to rapidly and quickly and boldly get change. We're going to have something worse than Trump. He acknowledged that. And I was like, that's good. Like, let's more of that. So there is a reckoning. There are rifts in the Democratic Party. It's definitely all of our jobs to sort of keep, you know, fanning the flames of those rifts and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some of you are smart. Some of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. And I do want to, not that I want to, you know, lick this wound anymore, but I did have the opportunity to interview uh, Jamal Bowman this week, right? He uh, obviously won his district, New York 16, going to be part of the squad. Um, such a, such a sweet person, such a smart person. Um, and I was like, do you think Bernie would have won? And he said, honestly, yes, because of the ways that 
Bernie and Trump have something in common, which is they both talk about how rigged the system is. But Trump has been lying about that. Trump has no plan to actually fix that. He doesn't really care. He's a fake populist. Bernie is an actual real populist, believes in democracy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really want to go down the rabbit hole too much, but I don't know. What are your, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I think, with you know, socialism, could we have won with someone who said they were a democratic socialist? Sorry, Ida, they, you were saying they called Biden a socialist anyway. They exactly. Were, they were, I mean, at least uh, Bernie was, could deliver the message, <laughs> but I think that, right. um, yeah, I think he could have won. I thought he could have won last time. I think that that was why they, they always formed themselves against him to keep him away from uh, being able to properly run because they know that he could probably win. And they're scared of him because they know that he would actually come with some change because he, you can't throw checks at him. Right. Right. And that's the other side of, I, I never forget. I was actually trying to, you know, uh, before I found media, I was trying to get onto uh Capitol Hill and be like a, uh, an aide for one of these people. And I sat down, um, what? With, why Ben? Why? Yeah. You no. know, I, Hey, I was, it, it took a while for me to unprogram, to deprogram myself from, from Americana, right. From the, from the propaganda. Um, but one of the first things that woke me up in it was sitting down for lunch with the, uh, top advisor for a Congressman. And, and he just admitted, he was like, listen, everybody's talking about changing the system. It works fine for me. It works fine for us. He was happy with it. They were getting the money. They got, and this is a Democrat, right? They're getting everything that they want. It works for them. The system is not broken for them. The system works just fine for them. That's right. And if we have that type of mentality in the ranks of the Democratic Party, working people never stood a chance. And right. working people are not stupid. There's a reason we can't get like 65% is like the highest turnout that we've seen in a hundred years. That's because everybody looks and says the system is rigged. There's mm -hmm. literally no point for a lot of people to go vote because they know, they know it's going to be just as bad for them. If you are working class in this country, chances are mm -hmm. you're not going to see a significant material change between Donald Trump and Joe Biden for your material benefit. Um, that's that's been the truth. And, mm -hmm. and if Bernie Sanders does would have told them something different because he actually believes it, the people would have believed it, too. So I think Bernie absolutely could have won. And I think in it going forward, they may have been able to stop Bernie, but they won't be able to stop us. Mm. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. A <laughs> couple comments. Obviously, thank you. Super chat. <laughs> Schumer's posturing to the right because he doesn't want AOC to primary him out of the office in 2022. I agree with you, but I think he's posturing to the left mm -hmm. more because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to get primaried. So maybe that's why he gave, you know, such a good interview today and was like, we got to be bold, right? Bold. <laughs> um, and let's see. I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to ask because there was there was a moment that stood out for me from Biden's whatever victory speech, um, big victory speech. Um, and and then just get your thoughts on this. Um, this rift we constantly talk about the ways that we constantly talk about black voters, white voters, working class voters, which it may be code for white voters, isn't code, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, let me play this for you. I'm proud of the coalition we put together, the broadest and most diverse coalition in history. Democrats, Republicans, independents, progressives, moderates, conservatives, young, old, urban, suburban, rural, gay, straight, transgender, white, Latino, Asian, Native American. I mean it. 
especially those moments, and especially those moments when this campaign was at its lowest ebb, the African-American community stood up again for me. You've always had my banner, and I'll have yours. We shall see. Mm. And I will have yours. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, does he, you know, is he going to decriminalize <laughs> marijuana <laughs> and expunge all those sentences that he have contributed to? Listen, I, I've got, I don't know how much time I'm going to give him uh, to actually enact policy. Um, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what he does. But I don't think we should give any time to members of Congress. Uh, and I hate to do a hard pivot like that, but I, I'm really trying to decide, do we give Joe Biden time before we go after him? Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys can convince me that that's a good thing, but in terms of the people that we can immediately apply pressure to so that we can hold him to his worst. The way we hold Joe Biden accountable right now is by taking every single congressperson who's up in 2022 and letting them know that we're coming after their asses and we're going to yep. primary them if Joe Biden doesn't keep his promises. I agree. I 100% agree. And in terms of the, um, you know, it reminds me of what he said on The Breakfast Club, because uh, <laughs> I had Charlemagne did my did my podcast right after Joe said, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. <laughs> and then Charlemagne was like, he he Karen'd me. But I, I just thought about that when he said the African-American community showed up for me again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that being a person um, who consider, who identifies black and, and, and within the Latino spectrum, I think that when you think about black American people in this country, that ain't nothing new. They've been showing but, up for such a long time, you know, from the, you know, I mean, from breastfeeding your babies to building these structures to, so to say something like that, I think sometimes for me feels a bit offensive because it's mm -hmm. like, it's tokenizing a black Americans in a way, like it, it's no different to me, like that's my African American. And I think mm -hmm. that if you really wanna appeal to progressive minds, you're gonna have to learn to change your language and um, and and because with language comes mindset, right? And I, I just thought when I when I heard that, it just made me cringe because they were they trying to do the we are the world thing, like we all came together, y'all. But it was like we were just all desperate because we wanted to get nutso forty five out of there. That was it. <laughs> it wasn't so, our love for you. We hated exactly. him more than we love you, and you need to know that. And and uh, I mean, I think to this to the reaction some some people like Jim Clyburn are having to, you know, certain slogans to defund the police, which is not the overwhelming slogan. The overwhelming <laughs> slogan is Black Lives Matter. Um, but uh, it turns out that actually voter voter registration was up for Republicans until the massive outpouring of support for Black Lives Matter in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Right. Like, that then, only then, was there a, a swell for voters who registered. So remember when everyone was mad and then there was the like, well, if you're mad, you should vote. Well, guess what, motherfucker? They did vote. Yep, they yep. also protested, as everyone should has, as we, as we should have been on the streets. But that movement, that's the story of the year. I know we think it's coronavirus. 
I know we think it's the election, but the story of the people of the year is the Black Lives Matter movement. There's no other way to cut it. We've never seen something like that in our lifetimes. And so this is, you know, as someone who is half white, as someone who has like, you know, family members who are white, as someone who's Asian and who has, you know, conservative Asians in my family, I am constantly thinking about how we can um, move forward together in a way that handholds the white people and allows them to let go of what I think James Baldwin has had said so perfectly when, and I will not quote him directly, but that as long as you're better than the black community, as long as you're, your hierarchy, you might be poor as shit, but as long as you have the racial hierarchy over a black man in America that gives you some kind of clout that you don't really need real change. You can be duped by a white supremacist celebrity megalomaniac because you're at least you're not black. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not really concerned about the black Americans who voted for, for Trump because why the fuck should I, I mean, like, that's not my place. That's not, I don't like, but when, when Republicans are using the fact that Democrats have so openly not delivered for the black community and not delivered for real structural change for working Americans, that's a red flag. That is such a red flag for us. So anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly like, I do think that if you don't call it socialism, call it actual economic, like an economic vision, a new, new deal. But we need something that puts us in the same boat because we know that disproportionately it's going to be the black and brown communities that have been most affected and actually have been left out of all the ways that social programs have benefited people in the past. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll help the poor whites. I, I would anyway, I would say I would say that um, we're going to keep calling it socialism and we're going to keep we're going to keep pressing that Overton window. Um, mm. We have to because it requires a, a, a level. Of, it requires a conversation that. Um, I, I, I forgot which one of you mentioned that it's like the, uh, the dumbing down of America and it's, it's the way that it, they keep, uh, skate, uh, not scapegoating, but swift voting America, um, from getting anything for ourselves and leaving everything for socialism for the rich right? and rugged individualism for us. Yes. Um, and, and, and to that James Baldwin quote that you mentioned that, that is the, that is the reality that Donald Trump capitalized on. Um, I, I think it was the, um, it was the Cambridge debate with William F. Buckley, and he was talking about the Western Union lady and um, and how how he, he'll go to the Western Union lady. And, and because of his stature, he's obviously in a better financial position materially than that white woman at the Western Union counter. But so long as that white woman at the Western Union counter has the thinking that she is in a better that she's white at least yep. she's white, then she will never see that she needs something done for herself to actually get her own liberation. And so I think we have to hit it head on. I think we have to hit the white supremacy head on with a mm-hmm. sledgehammer and we have to hit this fear of socialism on head on with the he- uh, with a sledgehammer. I'll leave it to the politicians like AOC to decide and, and the squad, they can negotiate whatever they want to call it. But for those of us in the streets, we need to keep hammering white supremacy with the, and, and one last thing to Jim Clyburn talking about defund the police. That was the negotiation chant. Mm-hmm. The real thing people were at, the people were saying abolish the police. Yeah. Defunding the police is the negotiation. So they need to That's understand right. that where, where we really are on this thing. Yeah. They, they keep, and, and, and it's true. It's, it's the, we're dealing with, 
So as long as white people think that just them being white is better than being a person of color or a black person in this country, then they won't continue to be mediocre mm. because they don't they have nothing else to that's enough to aspire to. And that's what Donald Trump was the symbol of. He was the symbol of white mediocrity. And so his continuous push. I mean, he got motherfuckers who can't read believing that they can be Jeff Bezos, right? Mm. Because that's the American dream because the toxic capitalism in this country is is delusional. They have people believing that they too can be that because he fed them the bull, the malarkey. (laughs) He was like, yo, I did it. You can do it too. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm with Ben. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not backing down anymore. I, first of all, when you talked earlier about these white militias and these white people, historically, they've always used fear to move black people and brown people to be uh, fearful of fighting for what is rightfully theirs. And, and time and time again, we've been deluded into believing that the numbers are against us. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that's not true because that's why they out here crying, fighting this abortion because they don't want these white women to keep having abortions because they want to keep making, they don't want to be outnumbered. <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and, that, and this is the reality. So when we're sitting here talking about this, we 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 done being scared. What do we have to lose when they're not giving us our just due anyway? Right. And all that and and I will not disrespect the ancestors by saying I am not my ancestors because I'm here because of them. But what they did is so that I could fight today. And I'm not going to let, listen, every time you see these militias and you see, they always jump in somebody. When when the no fucking around coalition called on them and say, where y'all at? Nobody showed up. So mm-hmm. we got numbers too. We got hands yes. too. Proverbial we got guns too. And physical, <laughs> we got guns too. And so I just think that at this point, Americans need to say, you know what? What do we have to lose? Yeah. What do we have to lose? Um, I wanted to bring up a comment. I did bring up a comment, but then I lost it because uh, that's how this is. But I think her name was April F. Um, was asking about Kamala Harris and you know whether the Overton window of vice presidents has changed with her assuming office. I'm just going to play this moment. And once again, I'm not above celebrating and I'm not above admitting when something is um, moving and important. Wait, I don't have it. I don't have it. Damn it. But I will just say Kamala Harris had a a moment last night where she was like, my mom came here from India at the age of 19. And I, and I was just like, as someone who doesn't necessarily get moved, I was like, I got a little choked up. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh man. Okay. Oh, was this a tear? Um, (laughs) You know, because yeah, my mom's an immigrant and I think I am so close because I don't have a long legacy in this country to being like, this isn't for me. And I know that not everyone has that choice. I know that people's ancestries and families are different, but like, there's so much when I see these nut jobs with like beer, core, you're like, <laughs> what, was, what was this shirt? Like, you know, beer, babes, baseball, or whatever the fuck that I'm like, you have this, have it, have it. Like, bye, I'm going to go live, you know, in South America. Fuck it. Like, be, that's my feeling so much that when I see Kamala there, it's like, yes, this is our place. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect to be moved by that. You know what I mean? I didn't expect that. 
And uh, I don't know what your you, if you guys had a reaction to that or what you feel like. What can we do with Kamala? How do we <laughs> how do we listen, push her? Listen, I I think Kamala should be taken to task like everybody else. But I'm so tired of her being held to a higher moral standard because she's a black woman, and it's like all those motherfuckers are corrupt. So why are we always pointing at her? But she but she was a prosecutor that now. I mean, you can hold her accountable. Two things can be true at the same time, but yeah. the moral, the I mean, even at, in the debates, they have to bite their tongue. Her, Michelle Obama had to do it. Barack Obama had to do it. Right. I think um, Kamala is, you know, has been problematic. Yes. Right. But I just think still that she's held to this higher moral standard. She's black when it's convenient. She's an immigrant when it's convenient. She's, they, 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 I, black people always stop being black people to Republicans when they get in a position of power. Come on. You know, it's amazing to me that she's now an Indian immigrant. They were like, she's not really black. She's a non-foundational black. Oh, as, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That is important to remember. As Absolutely. soon as she became a threat, because they know that black people will come through. And right. so I, I'm just tired of that. Like, I just, I think that the, the whole thing, we need a wash Right. We need mm. a whole wash The it's broken. The whole Democratic Party is a hot mess. And so sitting here and trying to single out Kamala and Joe, we wasting our time because it's a given. We already know that. Right. So what are we going to do? Jackie Lacey is out of there. This is how you reinst you reinstate faith in the people and knowing that their local government, their regional habitats is how you push these people to do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I love how humans are just like, like we're back to being like animals or like their regional habitat. I did you, like, see, did, did you watch this, these people? The human. <laughs> I, I just, I have literally nothing more to add to what Ida, what you said. Um, but can I just say there's nothing doper than when a black woman gets fed up and is letting it rip. Ida, just, yes. when, I just, I, I just, just, just keep talking. I love it. <laughs> I, love it. <laughs> I, think I was just, and that's what I wanted from her in the debate, because they hit her. You Did you notice that they just put her in the basement the last couple of weeks? You haven't mm -hmm. seen Kamala? She was supposed to introduce him, right, for the oh, speech wow. the night before. They just did away with her. They just hit her because the sexism in this country is so bad, wow. and these it, it, it's disgusting. And so, and now you got it, the intersectionality of black and woman. They hit yeah. her. Yeah. They oh, hit and her. it's going to keep coming. And that's, and this is the thing I think we're going to have to keep remembering as we try to, you know, I, I tell the story often, but like my, my mentor, Max Elbaum, who's been on this show, um, you know, I was living abroad when Obama was in power. I did go live in South America. I went to Argentina. I was like, bye. Um, <laughs> and, and Obama was in power. And I wrote, I remember I wrote something like, you know, kind of like, oh, the drones and the this and that. And I was like, I'm sick of Michelle Obama's arms and I don't yeah. get it. Like, why do we have to talk about that? And he was just sat me down, you know, and he was just like, watch yourself. You know what I mean? Don't be careful because you don't want to slip into some of the same racist tropes that are being thrown at these figures from the right and make sure that Yes, we want to move together as a country. Yes, we, of course, want to move to the moment where we don't um, distinguish one another based only on race, blah, 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 or, or at all, right? We're not there yet. And let's just be careful as we critique Kamala going forward um, that we are not playing into those same racist and sexist tropes. Um, and it's going to be a dance. It's going to be a line. And I just want to, like, urge anyone all of us on the left to kind of know how to like 
walk that line and be sensitive to the racism she will face and the sexism she will face. Can I just say thank you to both of you for framing it the way that you framed it? Because I, it has been like, I, I have been trying to figure out what bothers me about, what is it about the left that irritates me? And, and it is the fact of what you two just pointed out, Ida, what you said in terms of holding black people to a higher standard than they hold anybody else, even within our class critiques, even in our critiques of imperialism, even in our critiques of capitalism. It's like there is a right. there's a a, a, a a sledgehammer that is brought down on uh, Barack Obama that, you know, and, and I'm thinking and, and I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about this, but I'm thinking maybe these folks are just now getting their um, their leftist critique good enough to actually lever leverage it. And so maybe the reason they didn't bring that kind of critique before Obama was because they hadn't read any books yet. Maybe because that's they were they were in middle school. No, Ben, you're right. Look, this I'm sorry, but this is my thing with people who just got woke or just got politicized around Obama. Like. Honey, we've been in the struggle. Like I right. was, you know, eight years in with Bush. So like, yes, I get that you just understood what neoliberalism and capitalism and globalization have done to this country. I get that the president you came into your politicization under was Obama, but like just situate yourself in the long arc of social oh, justice and struggles in this country, yes. you know. It's not mm -hmm. just about Obama and it, he, he didn't, Obama didn't invent capitalism. Or imperialism like, or droning. Exactly, or droning. Exactly. So, so just slow the roll again. My mentor had to slow mine. And I think I just, everyone, you know, slow that roll a little bit. It's um, always, you know what it is, is that black people have taken care of white people in this country since they got here. And so that, that obligation is it rests within the subconscious minds of white people. Their frames broke when Obama won because they were like, how dare you? Like, and it's it's metaphysics. Like their, their subconscious minds are programmed to believe that black people are beneath them. So how are you gonna be the leader of the free world? Even though I didn't graduate from high school, I'm still better than you because I'm white, but mm. Your obligation has always been to take care of me, to see about me. So the morality that black people are held to and in this country, people of color in general is always because you gave us these rules of this religion and we actually followed them. <laughs> but those are the rules that you gave us so you could control us. So it's always a checking, if you will, of you stepping out of place because why did you take your titty out of my mouth? You're supposed to feed me forever. Can I and just that, say... It yeah. drives me crazy, man. It's, it's when, when Trayvon Martin was, was uh, lynched and Obama spoke. They lost their goddamn they, minds. Matt, did you see it? I mean, oh, you yeah, saw it. They did. And, it, they did. and, they, and then, they, knew, and then they, they castrated him into, into this box where we always got to be held to a higher standard about what are they going to say about us. Man, fuck all that. They're going to say what they're going to say about us. They've been saying about us since the beginning of time. It is time for us to do us. We always were. And you got to consider the source. Mm. I, I hope that uh, that Biden 
like channels the rage that Obama was never allowed to channel because he's a black <laughs> man. You know? exactly. No, you're yeah, no, that's exactly right. Right. So there's there's a lot of stuff that Joe Biden can get away with that Barack Obama couldn't dream about getting away with. Yeah. I was I, I hope, though, I hope Joe goes one step further. And I actually hope that he lets a Kamala be the black woman that she is. Right. Yes. Because everybody's like we're black women are always tiptoeing around because they have to not because they want to around their anger. Right. Yeah. But the most righteous indignation, the, the most authentic anger in this country comes from black women. And so if they just let Kamala be Kamala, then yep. we might actually see some shit change in this country. But <laughs> but but look yeah. at the criticism that I hear from the left. Some of the criticisms that I hear from the left was like they didn't like her attitude in, in the mm-hmm. in, in the debate. Well, what the fuck? What are we going to let her be angry? Because if she's angry, we might actually get some shit done. I agree. And and she has a right to be angry. Like, and that's the other thing. Women and black women in particular are always being policed in their rage and their reactions. Like it it is. And that's just the form. That's a form of racism. She should have been like Joe Biden called Donald Trump a clown and told him to shut up. And they celebrated him around the world. And then yeah. she was like, excuse and me. And not even very well. Like, no. no. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Shut she up, like, man. Ugh. He was whispering, right? <laughs> but she was like, excuse me, I'm speaking. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Slow down. Yeah. No, oh, wow. and, and, and like, I don't care. Okay, we have to move on. Oh, my God. This is such a good conversation. But can I just say, in the same hierarchy of how we get triggered by depending on who's talking and who's interrupting, Bernie Sanders raising his hand one time to interrupt Hillary Clinton one time and then everyone and by everyone, I mean, liberal white feminists online freaking Mm -hmm. out that Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders was sexist. Oh, how could you do that? Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Mm -hmm. just that kind of disingenuous shit. And dare I even say Warren's attempt to call Bernie Sanders sexist like that disingenuous shit drives me nuts and it's <laughs> not real and it's like why are we always going out of our way to be like well white where's the white woman feeling on this is she okay mm-hmm. it's like no she can handle herself and you should stop policing black women and their anger and you should stop policing black men and their anger okay let's just <laughs> even this shit out a little bit anyway we're moving on to our final segment, very, very lightning round, y'all. Where this is a test of your knowledge. Okay. And an homage or homage or homage to Alex Trebek, who died of cancer today. Um, so sad. If you want to just um, remember what it feels like to, uh, I don't know, like to feel horny again, just look at young pictures of Alex Trebek. He is. Yes, I'm gonna Google it right now. Just the (laughs) the the big mustache and the mane, and just like the brown suits, like the like burgundy. It's just very, very good looking. Um, he's just bringing it. Okay, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he hit you with the okay, Alex. That's approval. Uh, All right, all right. Once again, this is not necessarily honoring his legacy, but I do want to play a little round of Trump Jeopardy. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Becca, for making that. Um, we got three three categories, policy, people, and moments. The points, 
100 to 400. I forgot what they actually are. I think they might go to 500. I'm sorry, Jeopardy fans, if I'm disrespecting that. <laughs> Policy people moments, 100 to 400. Ida, you first. Mm. Policy people moments. Um, Moments. For how much? 200. Moments for 200. This moment convinced Joe Biden to run for president. What uh, the moment that convinced Joe Biden to run for president was, I don't know. Okay. Ben, you want to pick that up? Was it the Charlottesville when he said, uh, what but, is, what is there good people on both people sides? People on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> what is the very good ding, 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 ding. Well, okay, Ben, that means you, you're, you're up on this. Let me, what is, what are the categories again? It is policy, people, and moments. People for the top value. People for 400 or people for 400. He got, he got his job off of LinkedIn with the Trump administration after contacting a white house official, uh, and was the reason we know the Trump campaign knew of the WikiLeaks DNC email dump and hack because he drunkenly told an Australian diplomat about it. Oh, I I give up on that already. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) That was really long. Ida, do you have an answer to that one? I do not. Okay, I'm going to wait to see if the, uh, all right, if anyone else in the comments can get this, but I'm going to move on. Ida, you you pick who's next. Policy, people, moments, 100 to 400. Um, policy. How, how many points? Not that 200. it matters. 200. This added to the national debt, but you won't hear Republicans complain about it. This is a Trump policy. This added... To the national debt enormously, but you won't hear Republicans complain about it. Um. (laughs) My bad. What is um, Mar-a-Lago maintenance? (laughs) (laughs) That's a better answer. It is not the correct answer, unfortunately. It should be. Ben, I know know this one. No, no, no. Um, It's got to be the 2017 tax bill. Yes. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. I need a, I need a sound. It's just going to be me going ding, ding, ding. Y'all, y'all don't understand that I am over Donald <laughs> Trump. I'm over it. Like, I don't want to talk about him. I'm First exhausted. Well, the person with the fewest points wins, Ida. So that's actually, <laughs> that would be me. It's I a need trick. to win in life. Uh, okay. Ben, we get, we're going to keep going. Cause I think we're having fun. Yes. I think we're having fun slash like, this is where, you know, we just, we exercise all of these moments. Well, um, all right. well we've been going long enough for my, uh, for my grandma Ye to kick in. So let, this is the, this is the good part of the show. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> let me get policy, yes, po- policy, policy for 300. Policy for 300. Trump's final plan for coronavirus was to allow millions of us to die. What is um, her- Yes. What is herd immunity? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Woo, <laughs> I, know, I know that one. <laughs> all right. I just keep- told somebody that today and we were laughing about it. Keep, uh, keep, Ryan, huh? keep going, Ben. Uh, policy, people, and moments. Uh, moments for 400. Moments for 400. This moment led to a rise in the sale of a certain canned good. Mm. What is the Goya Foods moment? Mm-hmm. Okay, what specifically? Uh, Donald Trump trying to sell it in the White House. Mm, so ooh, not exactly. Ida, mm-hmm. can you can you Ivanka, correct that? What is Ivanka taking a picture with the Goya can? Before that, why did we even talk about Goya in the begin with? 
Oh, it was the press conference, the the Goya, the owner of the Goya press conference. Ding, 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 ding. He endorsed Trump. He was like, ah. I loved, okay, Ida. But he's Spanish. Dude, can I just say that he's from Spain? He's our <laughs> colonizer. He's oh, not wow. Latino. <laughs> he's a white man who's European who speaks Spanish. He's not one of us. Motherfucker. Of course. Of yeah. course. Uh, Ida, your, your choice, uh, policy people moments. Uh, moments for 500 more mo there is no 500 i'm giving you 300. 300 we knew that trump and putin were homies when the president jokingly chided putin for not to not interfere in the election this is a moment what was that mm -hmm. moment um it was one of those conferences when they went off and kissed and nobody knew about it <laughs> remember what was it that the uh it was the G, uh, what was it? The, they uh, did They did hang out at the G20 or one of those. What is the, what's the name of the city the conference was held in? It was in um, Munich. Was it in Munich? No. Ben, Go you want to take, take this? I, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it either. It was in. It's got a like, great, it's a great name. It's like a name of a city in a movie. You want to <laughs> name your child after this city. Mm -hmm. Let's see if anyone has got that city. Oh, here we go. Wild Mustang. Oh, Helsinki. Yeah. Wild, yes, Wild yes. Mustang gets 300 points. Ida, keep going for moments, people, and policy. We've got policy for 100, policy for 400, people 1 to 300, moments for 100. Moments for 100. Moments seem to be the funniest. <laughs> okay. Okay. I appreciate that you're considering the, the comedic aspect of this podcast, which I threw out completely. <laughs> oh, I need it. <laughs> Uh, Trump announced Mexicans were rapists at this event. Oh, it was his, uh, what is his, um, uh, not, what's the nomination? Uh, with, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was on the escalator. It was the, <laughs> the escalator event. That's good the, enough for me. It was his campaign announcement. Campaign, the campaign announcement. There right. we go. Yay. Okay. All right. Um, ben, why I don't, don't you think you understand? Like, <laughs> you checked. You checked out. You said, fuck this. <laughs> ben, people, policy, 100, 400, people, 1 to 300. Let's do this. Let's finish this up. Five more uh, questions. Policy for 100. Policy for 100. This was supposed to be paid for by another country. Oh, building the wall. <laughs> what is building the wall? Very good. Keep it going. Um, uh, The next one for 100. The next one is 400, actually. Uh, this was, or no, you want people or policy? Uh, People. People. He chewed packs of big red gum before taking questions from the media. Okay, no, I have no idea who this is. He chewed big packs. Ida, you know that? Do you know the answer to this? Oh, no, we lost Ida for a second. Rob V2, who is oh. Sean Spicer? Absolutely. Rob V, you don't get that point because you didn't say who is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe Ida will come back in a little bit. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you 400 policy this was okay. policy for 400 this was supposed to fix nafta um what is trump's version of nafta <laughs> oh, yeah. it's very good the mcaa is what it was okay i don't know what the mcaa stands for i don't even want to know what the mcaa stands for all right we're gonna just finish this up finally one last or two last questions she was shamed for eating at a Mexican restaurant after her policies led to hor the horrible treatment of immigrants. Um, 
Uh, do you remember her? Do you remember? Her? I, I you... remember her, and and she has a name. It was it's a difficult name for me to pronounce. Um, but yeah, uh, I, can, <laughs> I know I know of her, but I can't think of her name. <laughs> we have an almost answer over here. Uh oh, we have Nasif underscore. You guys, you have to answer this in the correct form. Otherwise, you think Alex Trebek gave people the the points Here's if they said? Else. First of all, I appreciate Monique just going Susan something. <laughs> Susan, but no, it was uh, more Phelan's got it right. Kristen Nielsen, mm -hmm. of course, not in the correct uh, response. Ergo, no points. You guys, that has been our show. We have lost Ida Rodriguez so sadly. Uh, I think she was like, I do not want to be triggered by these memories anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to leave. Um, I'm so glad the Grand Marnier is kicking in. Ben, where can people see you, follow you, watch you? They can find me um, on uh, YouTube and uh, the Benjamin Dixon show. And they can find me on Twitter at Benjamin P. Dixon. And they can download the podcast uh, anywhere you download podcasts. Ben, are you doing, are you streaming every day? Are you recording every day? I'm, I'm damn near streaming every hour. I'm, <laughs> I got to get this together. Like, um, I'll see what my schedule is now that we're out of the election. But yeah, every day, uh, every evening around 9 p.m., um, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. Well, I'm so glad to have you on. And this was one of the more serious shows, but come back on and um, be yeah, and well. I, I got to have you on sometime. Oh my God. Encantada. Uh, anytime. So happy. All right. Take good care of yourself. And thank you all for being here and take good care of yourselves. Um, remember to rate this podcast. If you're listening as a podcast, give us five stars on iTunes. That really, really helps. It makes me um, full of happiness and gratitude. Thank you for your tips. TBR Live on Venmo. This is a scrappy ass little production and every little bit helps. And of course, we're donating to Movement Voter Project that is just going to be activating and mobilizing for January and those runoffs, Senate runoffs, John Ossoff versus Purdue and um, uh, Reverend Warnock versus Dirty Barbie, uh, Kelly Leffler. So hell yeah. Thank you for those tips in advance. And you voted. We voted. We got through this. We're fucking here. Remember that we need to participate in our democracy because the other side is losing their goddamn minds. And I am here for it. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 Wow. Oh my God. Uh, they're having a fucking meltdown, you guys, and we are going to relish every moment of it. Be, be so well. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. <laughs>